Welcome to PR After Hours, your weekly cocktail of news and interviews with leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. So pull up a chair in our virtual lounge. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will be right back after this. Is your story reaching the right ears? Or is it just another whisper in the wind? In the symphony of the marketplace, your narrative should sing. Alex Greenwood, a maestro of messaging with over three decades of expertise, is ready to conduct your story to new heights. From navigating the nuances of public relations to authoring novels that capture the imagination and producing podcasts that speak volumes, Alex crafts narratives that resonate and yield results. Turn the page to a new chapter. Let Alex Greenwood orchestrate your story to captivate, engage, and inspire. Step into the spotlight. Visit alexgpr.com or contact him through this podcast today, and let's start a conversation that matters. Today we meet Molly Brown. Balancing the worlds of personal training and digital marketing. Molly's unique blend of expertise is not just transformative, it's holistic, aimed at redefining both individuals and businesses. Her dual-focused career offers an uncommon yet remarkably effective approach to achieving consistency and long-term success, both physically and digitally. And you're sitting there scratching your head going, what do you mean, Alex? Well, we're going to find out as we meet my friend and colleague, Molly Brown. Molly, welcome to the Virtual Lounge. Well, hello, Alex. How are you today? I'm doing great. Doing great. We were talking offline about you doing uh, a half marathon relay and uh, that you survived, but just barely. Just barely. I'm moving around a little bit easier today. Uh, I got to get in the pool today. So then I felt like I didn't need my legs. I could move a little bit easier than normal. But yeah, it was a fun event. Well, that's what I love about you. You're always pushing yourself one way or another. Um um, and, uh, you know, listeners, I'll just tell you right now, I've known Molly for a long time. Um, she was an intern at HEPR, my firm, um, really good intern. And then, uh, she and I now work together on a couple of clients, but this is what's really cool about Molly. Besides the fact she's a spanking good digital marketing expert, but she also is a personal trainer. And I've also taken her advice there. Um, I don't mean to embarrass you, Molly, but you're, you're good at both. So I, I I just wanted to ask you about that. Um, is there, maybe just to kind of get us everybody into it, is there a specific incidence or, or instance where your marketing acumen made a significant difference in overcoming a challenge as a personal trainer? Yeah, um, just as a fun tidbit before I get into myself, I realized with it being the eighth year of your podcast, that aligns with I was your intern about eight years ago. So it was either right before or right after you started the podcast. So I thought that was a fun little, little oh addition. Um, yeah, I so I, <laughs> you're not, not a day over 30. I'm sure of it. Oh, you're totally right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I started off my career in marketing. Like I was your intern in college. I always wanted to do writing and fell into PR and was really passionate about social media and kind of dove into the digital marketing world. And um, it became very exciting and very overwhelming at the same same time. So I was like, what can I do with the skills that I have that would also allow me to enjoy what I'm doing? And I was like, oh, I love fitness. I do fitness 
all the time. Um, So I picked up a part-time job as a personal trainer and kind of sought that as an opportunity for me to just get out from behind my desk and have something else that I was doing outside of, of marketing and all the, all the things. And, um, I fell in love with it and realized, Oh, half of being a personal trainer is like selling yourself and marketing yourself and just using this relationship building skills that I already have. Um, so like many other millennials and many other people out there in 2020 during the pandemic, I decided to start my own personal training business. And the best thing about that is that I've gotten to do everything that I wanted with the marketing side and the business side of things, um, because I already have that skill in my back pocket. And having those skills, I've also had the opportunity to connect with former colleagues or current colleagues and ask questions and have resources that other people who start businesses may not have. Yeah. yeah. And what I like about you, though, is how you've established your brand as a personal trainer, but you, you've done something that, and and I've, I have just as a disclosure, I have actually in a PR um, uh, professional instance or two uh, worked with some others who are involved in similar fields or, or directly in your field. But uh, what it is always about is taking that, that person's brand and making it um, something that people would want to connect with. And what I love about your personal brand, the, the, the Molly Brown brand, as far as I'm concerned, is that you really are not one of those like drill sergeant type uh, physical uh, terrorists, as I call them, or, or, or trainers. You know, you're, you are involved in saying, you know what, we all are unique and we all have, but we all have our limitations. We all have, whether that t- the limitation is time to, 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 to attend to our fitness, whether it's physical limitations, whether it's emotional limitations, or if you've got dependents who keep you from out of the, the gym or out of you know, taking the time to work. And you, you always have been really good, at least with me. And I've seen, I think I've seen it with others at like adapting your training to that person's schedule and lifestyle and i'm just curious was that something you initially did like when you started out like that's how i'm going to be or did you kind of try it the different way a little more militant before and find this was better or how did you start this well i would i would just preface that by saying i'm not a militant drill sergeant type person at all not really (laughs) so um in my very first personal training job i very much led by like was led by example and really did what the other trainers and owner that i was working for did and so it was a little bit more push 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 here's what i want you to do like very very rigid um and as time went on my own fitness experiences were changing so i was having a lot of experiences of pushing myself way too hard and then injuring myself or really, really, really strictly following a meal plan and then not getting the nutrients I needed. So while I was starting my career, I was also coming out of some of those, those things. So um, over the years and over, you know, what's happened with, with the pandemic and all the things that have been happening in the news in the world over the last few years, I just have gone completely away from how I started and I'm all about sustainability. And a lot of that comes from the experiences I've had with clients and what has worked and what hasn't. And so I also think that this stems from marketing because I would never go to a client and say, we're going to make you 
a viral sensation on Instagram overnight. You know, <laughs> I know that it could happen, but more than likely it's going to take time and patience. And so I think once I realized that it's kind of the same way with personal training and fitness and clients, that's when I really locked into that model of training. And I was even talking to this about this with someone yesterday and you know, it's not necessarily always the thing that people want. People want quick, they want easy, they want transformation. Um, and I really struggle with that because I want, you know, I want clients and I want to help a lot of people, but also I, you know, it's a six months to a year process or even sometimes longer than that. Same as I would tell, tell a marketing client um, if they want a sustainable, something that's going to last them forever. So um, I think it's always been in me, but I also with, like within my personality and my beliefs, but I really locked into that a couple of years ago when I started my own business. It truly is a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? On both things. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I, I frankly, some people I think on the fitness side are probably hear that and get a little depressed because they're like, I've been this way so long and I want to get to this way and it's going to take time and it's going to be painful. And it's, you know, I, I'm training right now to get back into running shape and it's, it's not easy and I'm not a natural runner anyway. And uh, I have an app that's really been helping me uh, couch to 5k. Uh, just, it's really good. Cause you, you just slowly incrementally run more than you walk, you know? Um, and that's been great. But I've also noticed that with you though, you, you don't make it so daunting. Like, for example, I said to you, oh, I'm heavy and I don't know what I'm doing wrong here and this thing. And you gave me this great meal plan that went along with you kind of gave me an evaluation. It was written out. It was wonderful. Um, and I just I've always appreciated that about you is that there's a roadmap. But I've also seen it in your work as a social media uh, marketing uh, expert, um, you know, when necessary, like we'll get on a call and explain to a client, OK, this is this. And, and you're always quick to say, now, look, like you just said earlier. You ain't going to be probably a TikTok sensation by next week, but it will help you to do X, Y, and Z. And so I, I just think that's kind of fun. And I think that's it's really important that, uh, you know, the physical trainer mentality, particularly the way you approach it, is really useful in uh, doing social media. So let me ask you a question about fitness, though. What Can you just give us one common misconception about fitness that you feel the public should be better educated about that we haven't already talked about? Is there one thing you're like, oh, I wish everybody knew this? Yeah, I think my favorite myth is that a lot of, or well, I guess it's not my favorite myth because I like the the truth about it. But one of the most common things I hear is that cardio is more beneficial than strength training because you burn more calories. Hmm. So like, say you go to, I know you've gone to something like Orange Theory or you go for a run or you go like you're watching a swim, swim, you burn a ton of calories. You're watching those calories ticking up and up and up and up. And you're on your watch or you're on your the leaderboard or whatever, whatever you're looking at. And you're like, the more calories I burn, the better workout this is. And I mean, you know, that we could go in and in deep about just that in itself. Um, but the cool thing is, so with cardio, you burn more calories during your workout. However, when you strength train and when you lift, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be lifting heavy weights. It's just any kind of strength training or body weight or whatever, whatever you're doing. The calories that you burn, you burn calories for up to 48 hours after you're done strength training. So essentially, 
you're continuing to get the benefit of your workout for longer. Whereas when I finish a run, I finish a run and I'm, you know, you still there it's, I think calories burned is a whole nother, another topic. That's not necessarily something that people should focus on, but it is such a big thing that, um, yeah, that's my number one reason that people should strength train more is because they're going to see the benefits in the long run. Uh, strength training is also great for like, as you age, or if you sit at a desk all day and you're stiff, or if you have injuries, um, there's just so many reasons that strength, strength training is beneficial. It doesn't mean you need to throw away the cardio you're doing, but adding strength into that is going to have a lot of benefits. You told me something too. You said, Alex, because I, I was trying to cheat, I think. And, you, and I said, well, I'm going to run now, so I don't have to do leg day. And you're like, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, I'm, you know, we're all guilty of things when I'm training for a race. When I get to those three, two or three weeks before the race, I do not want to strength train. I'm tired. I don't want to, but when I don't, I get injured or I'm hurting or I have things going on that are not, not beneficial. So, you know, that's one thing where I am pretty militant. I'm like, Nope, you need to do your strength training. Um, it's more, it's more important to prioritize that almost always. Yeah. And the other thing too, is, is balance there. Good musculature. Um, and I mean, I, I nowadays go to the Y and you see a lot of folks who are decades older than believe it or not, even me there. And you see a lot of these folks and it's evident that they're doing their best now, but you, you kind of wonder, gosh, did they 20, 30, 40 years ago, did they take care of themselves? Some of them you could tell probably didn't. And now they're they're just trying to walk a little bit around. And I keep telling myself, if I do, if I am fortunate enough to live another 30, 40 years, I want to make sure towards the end, at least I don't walk around with as much fear of losing my balance. And because we all know that falls are often the thing that starts the, the end for a lot of people in their old age. So I, I think about that as well. And yeah, uh, I, I, Molly, I do, this is, you're my trainer. So I do think of this when I'm, I'm, I'm doing like, I'm doing the 5k thing. Right. So that's 30 minutes of that. And then I'm like, well, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. And then I look at all those weights and I'm thinking Molly would, if she were standing here, she'd be tapping her foot and folding her arms and saying, Alex, get over there, get your butt over there to lift some weights, legs and arms go. So I do, I just want to thank you for that. Well, let's talk. Good. Yeah, you did. You don't, but again, you're not a drill sergeant. I think it's just, I just don't want to disappoint you. All right. So I like, I, that's what I do is I don't, I'm not actually a drill sergeant, but I end up being in the back of people's heads all the time. <laughs> so I'm actually not saying or doing anything, but I end up being like a little voice in people in you my are. client's heads, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also in the, on the other side though, which we'll get into again is like too, is like when I'm doing social stuff here and there for clients, like I have to lean in. I'm like, okay, how did, how does Molly do this? All oh, right. Or if I'm doing it for myself, right? I'm like, you know, Molly would Molly would probably use this or that, or oh, okay, great, okay. So I learn a lot, so it's great. Um, and that's what that's one of the things too. Um, uh, folks of a certain age who listen to this show, um, I'm not going to sit here and say that Molly's like you know 18. She's not, but she's certainly not uh, not uh, not my age. And I learn a lot from her because I also learn about the way your cohort, Molly, you mentioned millennials, how you best like to receive information and um that's something that that is important and i, I want to ask you about that then your clientele though as i mentioned earlier like the you know you got that the why you've got you got everybody from kid all the way up to you know uh grand grandparents or great grandparents how do you market to each segment is there a certain segment you want to hit or is it just anybody you can get tell us a little bit about the mix 
Well, that's been the challenge as a marketer and someone who just really wants to help people is my marketing self says, pick a niche, stick to the niche. It's what works. You see people do it all the time. But then I've worked with people of all ages, all walks of life, and I would happily work with anyone at any time. And I love, I worked with kids. I trained a nine-year-old a few years ago and like taught her how to do a pull-up. And that was one of the most like rewarding things I've ever done. I had a client for four years, also a friend of hers. They were in 70 plus. We worked out together twice a week throughout the pandemic. And you would have not known they were 70 plus, by the way, they were moving because they had been lifting weights and she was a dancer and he had always been active. Um, but I will say a lot of, a lot of the people that I do work with kind of do fall into the millennial category. Um, and what I've tried to do as, so my other, my other obstacle that I run into is that I love everything. I run, I swim, I bike, I climb, I lift, I do yoga. I like love all of it, but it's really hard to talk to an audience when you're like, I love everything and you should do everything. So um, as far as marketing and reaching people, I really do try to stay within like millennial runners or endurance athletes that they don't have to be a competitive endurance athlete. They don't have to have done a half marathon, but maybe they want to do a 5k or they want to run a mile without stopping or they want to do an indoor triathlon or just, you know, something, something, anything that they, you know, they have set out to do. So I, and then word of mouth would be just anyone else. So like last fall, I worked with a couple of our family friends who are a little bit older that just wanted to do some regular movement. So I tried to keep my marketing towards a certain audience, but then people who know me or anyone that, reaches me outside of that circle, know that, you know, I'm willing to work with anyone and have, have different approaches for all types of clients. Now, do you say you've got to meet me at a certain gym or do you just do it virtually or do you go to their house? How, how do you deliver your services? Well, I have done, I've done it all. Um, when I started my business, I made the lovely mistake of just doing it and doing whatever the client wanted at a very, low price that made it unsustainable for me and very, very, very challenging. Um, So it's been a really, really big learning process as I've like navigated my, my business. So I've met people in parks, I've met people at gyms. Um, It's too much for me. So in, in the last, I mean, realistically in the last six months my business is virtual and that just is what it is if you want to work with me in another capacity um that's just not what i'm doing right now and you know as much as i hate to say no to people because i would love to just make myself go meet someone at a gym or make it work to go meet in a park but i know what works works for me so i've kind of like had to set a boundary for myself there however what i do tell people is what I've found with virtual training, I kind of did that out of necessity when the pandemic happened. But for me, I'm not a very hands-on trainer. There's some people that are very like hands-on and manipulate, okay, yeah. this is the form or whatever. I'm not like that. I'm not even like that prior to pandemic, anything like that. So um, 
for me, you get the same benefit out of working with me virtually that you get working with me in person um, and more because it allows a little bit more of a flexible schedule. There's no commute for either of us. Um, I can work within the parameters of whatever gym you have or equipment you have at home. Um, I've had people take me to the gym with them on their phone and I... You know, that's gyms would not prefer that, but like apartment right. gyms or rec centers or something like that. Um, so I do try my best to work within what people need, but I've also had to work with what I need for myself as well. That's uh, thanks. And I'm glad you you're so uh, candid about that, because I think people have, a you know, a lot of different ideas about it. And I've worked with trainers who were hands on and, you know, you know, all that stuff and um i i i'm just i'm more of the guy who just like yeah virtual would work for me because i could just do things and you could watch me and say okay hey look you're you're not bending properly or whatever um but um i, I like that and i think that uh, of course is best for you because on the other side you have plenty of digital marketing business to do you, you're getting ready to get really busy with some stuff i know that and um you got projects on the boil uh, all over the place so uh i was going to ask you though when it comes to that Comparing the two, your 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 physical training, your your tra- your training business, and then your d- digital marketing business, uh, it seems like there is one big thing in common, and that is consistency. You're, you're not going to get anywhere if you're not consistent with either one of these. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. I think um, what's sticking out to me is something that you said a little bit earlier. You said something about me laying a roadmap, and I think that that's what I like to do on both sides. Um, Some of the, I talked a little bit about how digital marketing was overwhelming and exciting at the same time. And part of that is like, things are changing every day. It used to not be every day. It used to be like Instagram would update once a month or once a a week or whatever. Now it's literally like something new every every day when I hopped on social media. So um, as I've kind of been in two different fields and navigated what I want to do and figuring out how to balance both things. I can't stay on top of all the trends in fitness. I can't stay on top of all the trends in digital marketing. So I do try my best to stay informed and keep up with things, but you know, you just can't keep up with everything because of the speed at which everything is changing. So um, as I talked about sustainability with my clients, that's also consistency and um, small changes over time do really make a huge difference. So, you know, if we have a client who is not posting at all on any social media platforms and they start posting twice a week, that's way more beneficial than them deciding to post one day. And then like three weeks later, they're like, oh no, I haven't posted in a while. Um, it helps them kind of establish some, some credibility there. Um, also I've found that as Instagram has changed, even for my own business for a while, I was posting two times a day and then also a reel. So that's like three posts a day. That's not sustainable for me. You know, as a, you know, as a business owner, you've got so many things to do. It's not sustainable for me to keep up with that. So you want consistency for the platform or for whatever goal you're trying to reach, but you also want that consistency for yourself. And what you can keep up with is way more important than doing the latest thing that's happening in either right. either capacity. 
Well, and, and, and you'll, 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 on both sides, but you'll hurt yourself if you do that thing like you mentioned where, you know, you, oh my gosh, I, I haven't been to the gym in two weeks. So I'm going to go to the gym and, and just kill it. And then literally you hurt yourself. Or like you said, oh my God, I haven't posted on my social in so long. And then you do 10 posts and everybody's like, ah, what else? Turn it down. Unfollow. Yeah. 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 Uh, real quick, you love to do some fun reels and stuff like that, or you're, you're very uninhibited. And I just mean in the sense that you're, you can hit me later. Your your kind of goofy side comes out occasionally, and I I love that about you. But I mean, yeah, what's the response on stuff like that? Um, I have. I don't think I have a nicer word. I've hated getting into reels. I am not a video person. You know, I wanted to work for a print newspaper in 2013, which I'm not that I'm not old enough to have wanted to work for a print newspaper. You I really should have are. wanted to go. Yeah, like I should have not wanted to do that. So um, I love to write. I love to kind of be behind the screen. Um, I really shine with social media. I don't mind pictures of myself. But then especially like, I think it was 2021 that I started posting reels. But it's just like, okay, well, now you have to post videos of yourself. Mm hmm. And I was scared. I was so, so scared to do it. But then I was like, well, not only is consistency consistency important in your marketing, but you should also have fun. Right. And so it kind of became fun. Now, there have been times in the last two and a half years where it's become, oh, my God, I don't know what to post. It's like it's exhausting, whatever. But I just do if I think it's fun. And then there was a brief period of time, and I'm sure this is still being preferred, where um, Instagram was preferring that you do original audio and that you talk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so now not only do I have to be in front of a camera, but I have to talk to the camera. Yeah. Like, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey, but it's also been really fun. And it's, you know, even though it may not look like it to my audiences, it's really getting me outside of my box. Um, my fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, my audience is not big enough for me to get too much feedback. So mostly it's like, you know, my friends or family usually like think it's funny or send me a message if they think it's funny. So, um, I have had, a, there's a few haters out there, you know, the little, the internet trolls that oh. come out of nowhere. Um, but you know, you just kind of, I, I honestly thrive because then I mean, I'm like, oh, I made it because yeah. people are going to love your work. They're going to hate it, whatever you're out there. Um, so it's just been fun. It's just I'm just trying to keep it fun. And if I get business out of it, great. If I don't, at least I had fun posting it. Well, and I think it, I think for a trainer, it's important to be yourself and be approachable because I think a lot of people are very intimidated by trainers. Um, because you know you're you're getting into a very um, intimate side of people, which is their bodies and their body mechanics and how they look. And nobody, I don't know anybody who really likes the way they look. There's always something everybody hates about themselves and that kind of thing. And 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 the thing about a trainer is if if you don't really see the trainer, you're like, you, I don't care what anybody says. If the trainer doesn't look like they're in shape, I'm not going to go to a trainer. So you're in shape, but also you're being approachable and you're being, when I say vulnerable, I don't mean like you're telling everybody your deepest secrets. I just mean though you're being vulnerable enough to be a little, a little fun here and there. Um, so I think that's, that's gotta be a benefit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, of, of trainers that I see on Instagram and I see a lot of them. Um, those are the ones who 
definitely stand out to me the most, but I think also do the best because you're being authentic. You're being yourself, whether people like it or not, that like you said, like you're saying, you're showing who you are, you're showing, you know, all sides of you, your funny side, your serious side, your whatever, whatever the, the audio that you pick for that reel wants you to show. And uh, yeah, I think being authentic is one of the best things that you can do in any industry, but especially within fitness. Uh, I think you're right. And, and I think you, 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 as usual, I've learned something here and, and here I am. I do a podcast. I do hundreds of hours of podcasts uh, practically per, well, not hundreds per year, but getting up there. And I have done hundreds of hours of it in my whole career. And I rarely talk. I rarely do the video of me talking. I don't, I have a face for radio. I don't really want to be, you know, I just don't. Cause all I can see is, Oh, look at that old man face and all that stuff. But, but right. Everybody has their thing, but I, but you're saying the, they, the algorithm kind of prefers native audio then, right. You know, not just music. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I could have changed. I, <laughs> I will be Folks, completely you... candid. This is one of the things, <laughs> this is one of the things that I've learned as a trainer and in fitness. If someone asks you a question and you actually don't really know the answer, you just have to be honest about it and just be like, you know what? Let me research and get you Thank get you. back to you later. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, and that, listen, this is something from day one when I met you. You were that way as an intern about things. I mean, I might have dropped questions at you just to test you and see what you knew. And you, I remember you literally said to me, I don't know, but I, I can find out. I thought this is a person I would hire. You know, because that's honesty. I do that with my clients too. This whole thing of acting like you you know everything. Come on, nobody knows everything. Don't act like it. No. Be a human. Um, I find I think it's refreshing. I think you're refreshing. It's always good to work with you, Molly. And I I, I, you. I know I've taken up too much of your time already, but I just wanted to throw it back to you and say, okay, if people want to either talk to you about doing some marketing work or they want to talk to you about doing some work on their body, how do they get in touch with you? Well, talk about personal branding. We're trying to marry the personal brand of marketing and fitness. But right now you can find me at Coach Molly Fitness on Instagram. Um, that should also get you to my Facebook, uh, whatever other platforms are out there that I can't think of at the moment. And then uh, my website is coachmollyfitness.com. So feel free to contact me through there. Um, that's where I'm most active. If you have any questions about marketing, fitness, anything, I am always happy to talk to people. I love making connections. Alex has been one of the best connections I've ever made. And it's been awesome knowing him and going from being an intern to being his colleague. And now I'm on his show. So we're moving on up in the world. Well, I fully expect you to have your own show when you get time. I know you're extremely busy, but you would be great. You're very good on the mic. You should think about it. Well, thank you. At least I wouldn't have to be on camera. Right. So, <laughs> well, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> you could do audio. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. I have face for radio. I might use some of this audio here and there of all of my guests, but I, I don't know. It's going to take a lot of makeup for me to want to do it. And you would be fine <laughs> on, on camera, by the way, please, please come on. Well, Enjoy you. your youth. What do I always tell you? Enjoy <laughs> your youth. It, it yes. goes eventually. Hey, all right, Molly Brown. Thanks again, uh, folks. There'll be links in the show notes. If, if you've got some flabby social media or maybe you're yourself are a little flabby, you might want to get in touch with Molly because she is, as you can discern from our little conversation, conversation here. She's not only uh, knowledgeable, but she's a great person and she'll be patient and helpful. You owe it to yourself to uh, check in with her if you need those things. Thanks again, Molly. Thank you. You know what that means? It's last call here at the Virtual Lounge. Be sure to visit PRAfterHours.com for links to what we discussed in this episode and more. 
Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time for another round at PR After Hours with Alex Greenwood.